Welcome to the Just Ingredients Podcast. I'm Cara Lynn, and here we talk all things nourishing to the mind, body, and soul. This is a place where you can find just good ingredients to life. Today's podcast is sponsored by Filter Time, a company I love. It's a subscription-based service that ships the exact air filters you need for your home automatically right when they need to be changed. Before finding out about filter time, I have to admit, I did not change the air filters in my home nearly enough. According to the EPA, the air within our homes can be more seriously polluted than the outdoor air. Upgrading your HVAC filter is one of the most effective ways and easiest ways to improve the indoor air quality in your home and avoid extra maintenance calls. Filter Time offers American-made, high-quality filters with a MERV rating from 8 to 13. Shipping is always free, you can pause or cancel at any time, and they offer a 100% money-back guarantee if you are not happy with your new filters. And the best part is, if you aren't in need of new filters quite yet, you can sign up today and choose a later start date during checkout, and you won't be charged until that date. Go to filtertime.com backslash justingredientspod and use the code justingredientspod for 20% off your first shipment. An environmental health scientist and dietitian by training, Jenna is passionate about the environment, public health, and everything food. Frustrated by the lack of data for how harmful chemicals like BPA, phthalates, and parabens from plastics and everyday products affect our health and clinical outcomes, and the absence of personalized approach to mitigate harmful chemical exposures, Jenna set out on a mission to change things. She founded Million Marker, a health tech startup dedicated to empower everyone with the data and tools to determine how the products they use, the food they eat, the water they drink negatively or positively influence their health. Million Marker helps people understand what chemicals are inside of them and then provide simple solutions for quickly reducing harmful chemicals through mail-in test kits, lifestyle audits, product recommendations, and counseling. Dr. Hua is a U.S. Fulbright Fellow and completed a postdoctoral fellowship with Stanford University's School of Medicine. Welcome everyone to the show. I am really excited for today's guest. We have Dr. Jenna Hua who is an environmental health scientist. And so I'm really excited to ask her a lot of questions about environmental toxins. So welcome to the show, Jenna. Thank you so much for having me. Well, thank you for being here. Why don't you tell my listeners a little bit more about yourself, your background, and maybe how you became interested in becoming an environmental health scientist? My name is Jenna. I'm the founder and CEO of Million Marker. Uh, we're a company trying to provide a, a direct consumer service, allowing people to understand their environmental toxin exposures and then do something about it. Um, I was trained as a dietitian. How I got into environmental health was uh, when I was a dietitian, I felt like nobody listens to me. You know, I tried <laughs> to tell people what to do in terms of diet and having healthier lifestyle. Yeah, nobody listens to me. So I figured at the time, you know, if I can't actually change the environment, then people are forced to change. I don't have to tell them what to do. Uh, so I, that's what prompted me to study environmental health. And once I got into environmental health, I realized, you know what, it's not just about where people buy their food. It's also what's in their food. Like everything in our food, everything we're exposed to actually impact our health, but we actually don't 
really have a good way for measuring it, uh, let alone letting giving people the tools to do something about it, preventing these toxic exposures that could have you know detrimental impact to your health. So that is actually really interesting about people not listening to you. Why do you think people didn't listen to you? I think a dietary change, changing behavior is really, really hard. People need some kind of anchor uh, for them to change. And also, I think many people also just want this magic pill. But behavior change really takes time. Not only takes time, and they also, you also need a support system. You need an environment that can also support you to make these changes. True. And I also think fundamentally, our medical system kind of failed us because when I was a dietitian, I would consult patient for about 15 minutes and I would chart for an hour. But 15 minutes is like barely enough time to get across any education. Right. Um, so I think there's also a, a disconnect there that we really should spend more time with people and delivering this care rather than, you know, okay, you're just sick. I'm trying to treat you. I tell you some stuff that you, you're never going to follow. <laughs> well, in 15 minutes is definitely not enough time to educate someone on lifestyle factors and diet <laughs> factors and things like that. But let's talk about environmental toxins. But let's start at like the very beginning for someone who has no idea what even environmental toxins are. So what would you say to someone who's just starting their journey? How would you explain what environmental toxins are? So think about environmental toxins as this group of toxic chemicals that could impact your health. These chemicals could be coming from the air you breathe, the food you eat, the products that you use. So all of these things can impact our health and they have been connected to a salute of uh, medical issues. And we also call these environmental toxins. One way to also to think about it is uh, this term called um, hormone disrupting chemicals. So this is something that we concern the most uh, with environmental toxins uh, because these toxins could actually mess with your hormone. Think about your hormone kind of, you know, they work at lock and keys. They are, work as a symphony in your body. You just don't want to mess them up. When these foreign substance that comes in, they mess with your hormone. They just cause like whole downstream impact. Right. And I actually didn't know about that until I was dealing with my own health crisis when I dealt with depression. And my doctor was like, maybe some of the products you're using are messing with your hormones. And I was like, what? So that was new to me back then. So I'm glad that you talk about these endocrine disruptors. But before we talk more about endocrine disruptors, Explain to my listeners what the environmental toxins are called in popular products. For instance, like parabens, phthalates, are those uh, environmental toxins? Oh, yes, yes. The three, the big three um, are BPA. People probably have heard about BPA. Um, when I first mentioned BPA to people, most of the people knew it's bad because their water bottle is labeled BPA free. You know, now we not only have BPA, we have a lot of BPA alternatives like BPS, BPF. Manufacturers can literally swap out one molecule. You can change it from BPA to all the way to BPZ or 
any combination of those. And they cause just as bad impact as BPA. Yes, BPA is one. Phthalates is another one you mentioned. Phthalates is used in, it's another major plasticizer used in a lot of plastics and uh, as well as personal care products. So anytime that you see like fragrance in, on your ingredient label, that's almost a code for phthalates. Yes, paraben is another one. Paraben is usually used as preservative in uh, personal care products. So all these big three, they're all hormone-disrupting chemicals. They have been linked to fertility issues in both men and women, uh, diabetes, breast cancer, anything have to do with your hormone system, uh, they can have an impact. So why in the world are these allowed in our products? Puzzles me. Um, unfortunately, I think this is, it's a, it's a pretty complicated issue. Um, I think when we first started, these chemicals are actually quite useful. You know, BPA was used in canned food to increase shelf life. You know, phthalates, you know, when they use in personal care product, they make that perfume that, you know, really nicely smell fragrance stick onto your body for much longer. And the paraben has microbial properties to keep product for much longer and they're cheap. So they, you know, they do wonders to these products. But what we didn't know is that these things actually have health impact. And I think what environmental policy have failed us is we don't we don't really have a really good screening evaluation process and technique to actually make sure hey before these ingredients and product put out they're actually safe for the consumers it's just really unfortunate we have you know over 85,000 compounds are in use today we actually only have about one percent of them with sufficient safety data so for majority of them we actually have no idea. That is incredible. Okay, so these endocrine disruptors, we thought they were great because they were doing wonders to these products. But now as we've had them for years and years, we've done more studies on them and testing on them, and we've realized that they aren't so wondrous for the body. Exactly. Our, except our policy is still lagging behind. Um, and that's part of the reason we felt we need more consumer education because by educating the consumers, then we can demand for better and safer policy. Ultimately, it shouldn't, it really shouldn't be the burden on the consumers that we have to watch out, we have to worry about a product is not safe. Yeah, we're uh, constantly we, we, having to do that. Exactly. Okay, so it is a shame that the consumer has to be their own advocate, I guess, and watch the products themselves. There's no safety measures in place yet by the FDA, correct? Correct. Not just the FDA, also the EPA. Right. As well as the USDA, all of them. So these other chemicals that are out there besides the parabens and phthalates and BPA, they may be doing just as much harm too, but we don't know yet. Exactly. There are so many of them out there and phthalates, BPA, and parabens are only three. Um, these are actually transient chemicals. I think these chemicals, if we get exposed to them, you know, your body actually eliminate them pretty quickly, uh, which is encouraging because if you actually eliminate the sources, then you won't get exposed to them more. Uh, however, there is another class of chemical that's actually persistent chemical. People might have heard about PFAS in the news quite a bit, mm -hmm. those forever chemicals. The reason they call it forever chemical is because they stay in your body for a long time and you just don't get rid of them. So that's why it makes these transient chemical more important because we can't get rid of the 
persistent chemicals that we're exposed to. You just don't want to expose your body for even more. So the PFAS, they're found in like our cooking pots and pans, even our drinking water these days, things like that, correct? Right. So those aren't considered a transient chemical. So the BPA, phthalates, and parabens are transient chemicals. Therefore, we can get them out of our body. Right. That's something that we can actually take control of versus, I mean, PFAS, you know, if if you stop using nonstick pans, you know, like watch out for when you're buying waterproofing clothing, filter your water, you can reduce your exposure. However, once you expose to them, which probably 99% of the population today do have those exposure, we just can't get rid of them for a long, long time. Wow, that's interesting. Okay, so let's talk about fertility, because I know you talk about this quite often, and it seems like infertility is becoming more and more common. Do you think that these environmental toxins are playing a role in this infertility? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because you think about fertility, fertility is pretty much regulated by your hormones. And these chemicals, because they mess with your hormones, like fertility is almost like the first kind of condition that's much related to these chemicals. And we have seen like, you know, decades of study already showing that people with higher exposure to these chemicals have decreased fertility. And we also have seen the stats as we use more and more of these chemicals, it's almost like matched with decreasing sperm count, diminished ovarian return, and many, many other fertility problems. And they impact both men and women. I was just going to say, well, decreased sperm count, then for sure they're affecting both men and women. So both men and women then should be watching like what beauty and hygiene products they're using, plastics that they're using, things like that. All of the above, (laughs) Uh, because a lot of these chemicals are actually used as plasticizers using plastic, especially like BPA and phthalates. Sometimes a plastic product can contain up to 80% either BPA or phthalates. Wow. Um, so we always recommend people, you know, we have this complicated relationship with plastic. It's so convenient. It's everywhere. You, you just can't completely get rid of them, but you, you should try your best to get rid of as much as you can. And also never, ever microwave plastic because the heat will actually, you know, increase the release of these chemicals to anything that you come in contact with. Right. Okay. So I think there's actually a lot of simple things that we can do to reduce our exposure to plastics. For instance, storing in glass food containers is a really easy swap that people can do. And I talk about all the time using body lotion, face lotion, body wash, things like that without the parabens and phthalates in it. And thankfully, more and more companies are making products without the phthalates and parabens. Unfortunately, there's still a ton of companies that do use them. But are those like easy swaps that we should encourage people to do? Oh, yes, absolutely. Yes, you touched upon because another source, a huge source of exposure other than, you know, your cooking wares and then your diet is your personal care product or house cleaning product. So anytime, yes, you see fragrance on that label, please ditch that opting for fragrance free. Manufacturers started using ambiguous term like aroma. (laughs) Um, or even like unscented is actually a scent uh, that could still contain phthalates. So opting for fragrance-free. And it's, yes, definitely really encouraging. There's a whole clean beauty movement, cleaner personal care products without these parabens and phthalates. So people should always 
be, you know, be a, a conscious consumer, check out the labels and making sure that your product that don't have um, these chemicals. Um, and another way to think about it is uh, for easy swap is think about what you use every day in large amount, right? So if you like washing your hair every day, you use quite a bit of shampoo and conditioner, that would be the first thing I would check and then swap out. Uh, same as your laundry detergent, because we use that much higher amount compared to say, if you use a face serum that you only use a few drops. So that exposure is much lower than something that you use much more. Uh, that would be something I, I consider. I like that advice a lot. Okay, so now talking about infertility, PCOS, endometriosis, those can, you know, affect infertility. So if someone has those, would reducing endocrine disruptors help them? Oh, absolutely. So there have been studies showing by reducing endocrine disrupting chemicals, it could also help manage some of these symptoms. So maybe less period pain and then uh, irregular period, all these are linked, also linked to, you know, PCOS, endometriosis. So definitely uh, reducing environmental toxin exposure, hormone disrupting chemical exposure could help. Oh, that's so interesting. So I have a teenage daughter and a lot of her teenage friends have terrible cramps, heavy bleeding, terrible PMS. So do you think all these environmental toxins are playing a part in that as well? I think so. Unfortunately, the study right now that we have done is mainly limited to associations. So we know they're linked, but we actually don't know whether it's these chemicals are causing uh, these conditions. For causal relationship, we don't know, but we already have over decades of research showing the association. So I think people should really take this precautionary principle. If we already know they could have a potential impact regardless if they're causing or not. We should pay attention because you just don't know when your cup gets full and we just have no idea. And another issue that we, you know, we have been studying these chemicals one at a time. We know, yeah, higher BPA exposure are related to this. Higher phthalates exposure are related to this, but we don't know continuously exposed to BPA, phthalate, paraben, all of these things all at once. What are they going to do to our body? Are they going to cause more impact uh, or not? We actually don't know. Um, oh, that's but interesting. There, yeah, there have been studies showing these mixture effect is actually pretty bad. That's really interesting. Okay, we've talked about these chemicals with PCOS, endometriosis, bad cramping, PMS. Let me ask you this. Do you think these chemicals, since they are endocrine disruptors, play a part in depression? Absolutely. We also have studies showing that these chemicals are linked to depression and mental health issues. Um, this is the, the same kind of uh, surprise that we found that we thought these chemicals wouldn't cross blood-brain barrier, but they actually do. Oh, um, interesting. So there have been an impact in terms of neuro, for children, neurodevelopment, um, as well as adults. There have been studies showing exposure to these chemicals have been impacting adult um, stem cells. And those are neurological stem cells. Those are fat cells. So they do impact. Wow. So it's not just those struggling with infertility that should watch these toxins. It's also people struggling with mental health as well. Absolutely. So we've been talking about the parabens, phthalates, BPA. Are there other environmental toxins that could affect infertility? 
Yes. <laughs> yes. PFAS is, is, is another one. Pesticides is, is another one. Uh, all of these are also hormone disrupting chemicals. Pretty much any hormone disrupting chemicals have been linked to, to fertility issues. Do you think infertility doctors are educated on this and teaching this to their um, patients or no? I don't think that education is enough. Most of the physicians actually don't even get trained um, in environmental medicine. You would have to like specialize after your fellowship to actually get any training. It's almost the same thing as, you know, your physician don't even get nutrition education in medical school. They get like one class. Environmental toxin is not even there. Uh, But uh, we have seen that there are more uh, fertility doctors, particularly IVF doctors, have been paying more attention on these environmental toxins because there have been studies showing that these environmental toxins impact IVF success. And as IVF is like, you know, so expensive. Right. Um, so I think that they have been pioneering, like disseminating this, this knowledge to their patients, to asking them to, hey, pay attention on your body burden and your environmental toxin exposures. But I think all doctors should be trained. I see this as, it's almost like as your dental checkup, you know, biannual dental checkup, everyone should be checking their exposures and making sure their exposures are in check and then practicing healthy lifestyle. Wow. That's so interesting. I'm glad to hear that some doctors are educating about the environmental toxins, especially those that are doing IVF. So let me ask you this for those that are struggling to get pregnant, who are maybe listening to this podcast, what do you recommend to them? Where do they even start? Start room by room. (laughs) I think it's, and then start thinking about this even during preconception. Because this is the time that I actually think people get biggest bang for their bucks. Because, uh, you know, by reducing your exposure, one, you can improve your egg and sperm quality. Second, you're creating a really good environment for your unborn kid. And third, that you're already practicing this healthy lifestyle. When your kid is born, you can teach this to your kid. So, you know, you, you kind of have this really healthy start. Um, so I think this is a great time for couples to start thinking about detoxing, having a good lifestyle. To start, think about your lifestyle and thinking about, you know, where these exposures are coming from. One big exposure from food. So, you know, eat out less. That's one. Eating is is one of the biggest tips that that we want to give to people because you have no control over the supply chain and then the food quality when you're eating out. Also think about all the plastic utensils that you're using. You're pretty much exposing yourself by eating out. That's one tip. Another is think about your water. So if you drink tap water, many of us living in places that the water is probably contaminated. So having a filter is better than no filter. So using an osmosis, uh, reverse osmosis filter is sort of a catch to all filter. So consider that because you drink water every day. So that's another big exposure. Then you think about, you know, your kitchen. If you're cooking that pan every day, yeah, try to not use a nonstick pan, choose a stainless steel or cast iron. Think about your food storage containers. These things are like, you know, you swap it once, you can use it for a long time. You don't have to swap it again. Then, you know, when you go to your bathroom, think about all the personal care products that you're you're using. The one that you're using large amount, swap those out. And also think about your home. Do you wear shoes at home? Oftentimes, also, especially parents with young kids, we always recommend to take your shoes off because 
when you come home because your kid will be, you know, crawling on the floor, putting everything in his or her mouth and your shoes actually will bring a lot of dust. And then we have seen there's a lot of these chemicals actually in dust. So not wearing shoes will actually help create a, a, you know, a cleaner home environment. So these are like some of the, the major tips that we give to people and obviously avoid plastic. Right. Those are good tips. So I get this question a lot. Can you detox from environmental toxins? Is that a thing? Yes, you can. So it's pretty much practicing these lifestyle changes and you you can detox. Um, As I mentioned that these transient chemicals, theoretically, you do get rid of them within 24 to 48 hours, which is encouraging. The issue is that if you don't remember, because these chemicals are everywhere, if you don't remember, if you don't practice that this healthy lifestyle practices, then you're just going to get yourself exposed over and over again. And these chemicals are, because they're everywhere, you pretty much get these very small amount of exposure, but you get it day in and day out. So they eventually, they just accumulate. Okay, so I tell people this quite often. People will say to me, well, why do I need to avoid toxins? You can't avoid all of them. And I'm like, well, that's right. You can't avoid all toxins, but you can reduce the toxic load and burden to your body by reducing some of them. So that's basically what you're trying to teach, right? Exactly, 100%. Okay, so let's go back about getting these toxins out of our system. Can diet help with that? Absolutely. So diet, there have been studying showing if you consume a high antioxidant diet, that generally help. So fresh fruits and veggies, um, less processed food, those generally help. And again, eating out less, that's also helps eating and choose organic if you can, because pesticides is another one that could be potential hormone disrupting chemicals. So um, if you don't have the budget for organic, uh, try to choose frozen, frozen organic. Those are generally cheaper. And if you still can't afford that, then think about, you know, choose a few that could potentially have higher pesticides exposure. One thing we always caution people is uh, berries. So if you eat a lot of berry, berry always choose organic. Otherwise, these are just going to be like a little toxic bombs that you consume. (laughs) Uh, Also, your salad, green veggie, kale, and spinach have the highest pesticide exposure uh, spray. So when you choose these, especially eating raw, these I would always recommend people to choose organic. Uh, And then if you don't choose organic, you know, considering soaking the veggies and washing them multiple times. So at least you get rid of some of them. Right. I tell people that all the time that if they can't afford all organic, because who can? It's so expensive to do all organic, be wise with where you spend your money on organic. And so berries and greens are a great example. Okay. So what about lifestyle factors? Can that help with detoxing these chemicals out of our bodies? Yes. Exercise. Um, So by sweating out, uh, you can actually decrease a fair amount of toxins. Uh, This is not proven, but many functional medicine doctors do recommend um, doing sauna. Again, through sweating, you can get rid of some of the toxins. People also always ask about supplement. Uh, Mm -hmm. That isn't really a magic pill to help you get rid of uh, toxins. 
but there have been some studies showing vitamin B, vitamin B complex have been pretty effective uh, getting rid of some of the air pollution toxins. I mean, vitamin B is also a pretty strong antioxidant. So that's, that's something that I always recommend people to, you know, take your vitamin Bs and take your vitamin Cs. Right. Oh, that's good advice. Okay. So any other tips of ways to get these chemicals out of our system? Or is that what you mentioned, all of them? I think I mentioned majority of them. I think healthy lifestyle is the key. It does take work. And then this has to be practiced, you know, a lifelong, it's almost a lifelong approach. You can't just like, okay, I get rid of my toxin today. I, I, I don't do anything else tomorrow. This really needs to be practiced day in and day out. Right. It's a type of exactly. lifestyle. Okay. So we've talked about infertility. So now if you get pregnant, is it important to avoid these toxins when pregnant? Like, can these be passed down to the child? Absolutely. Yes. If you're pregnant, there's pretty much no say there's like the best time to detox is anytime. Yes. We say like pre-pregnancy preconception is, you, you know, you get your best bang for bucks, but during pregnancy, it's also very, very important because your unborn child is growing very fast. Many years ago, we actually thought these chemicals don't cross placental barrier, uh, but we end up proving ourselves wrong. These chemicals do cross placental barrier. So it makes it really important for pregnant mothers of, to avoid these toxins. It almost sounds scary. Like, oh no, what did I do when I was pregnant? When I didn't know this info, I probably passed on a lot of toxins to my kids. I mean, but you do what you can, right? Once you know, you, you don't unknown it so right. that you can, you can do something about it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't stress out about it because then if you're stressed out about it, that's adding additional stress to your body. That can't be good to get rid of your toxins. That's true. And what I always say, once you know better, do better. So I guess that's all we Love can it. do, right? Okay, so let's talk about children then. Do children absorb these toxins more so than adults or not necessarily? Oh, they do. Because children have actually their detox system is not fully developed compared to adults. So this makes children much more vulnerable than adults. And because their lifestyle, you know, they crawl on the floor, they put everything in their mouth, this actually increased their exposure. When you have you know, a less developed detox system plus higher exposure, this makes children much more vulnerable. So parents should, should definitely pay attention on their kids' exposures. Oh, that's so interesting. But can food and lifestyle factors help the children as well? Yes, absolutely. So what you feed your kids obviously matters, right? Right. And also same as lifestyle. What kind of diaper are you using on your kid? What kind of baby food do you use? What about all the baby personal care product? And then also think about, okay, if your baby have a rash, like what's, what's the over-the-counter like ornament or cream that you're using? Like all these factors do count. And also, you know, breastfeeding make, makes a big difference, right? And if you use formula, what's in your formula? All these things matters. That's so interesting. Do you think pediatricians are aware of this information? I wish. Um, I think pediatrician is sort of in the same boat as all the other doctors. And um, I don't think a lot of them are aware. I'm hoping the medical system will start paying more attention on this. So doctors actually get trained um, on these exposures because preventing these exposures are really important. And then we have already seen an increase in autism, ADHD in children 
And even just last uh, two weeks ago, there's a huge EU study that got published saying a mixture of these uh, chemicals have been showing um, to decrease kids' uh, language learning ability. Um, so it's like really, really important for parents to understand this, for doctors to understand th- these things to prevent exposures. And let's explain this to parents because I get this quite often. Environmental toxins are different than germs because parents will tell me like, oh, I use hand sanitizer all the time to kill those germs. And I'm like, no, we're not talking germs right now. We're talking environmental toxins. So when you're talking to these parents, how do you explain that difference? I think there's like a good germ and bad germ, right? And right. I think like uh, some of the parents, when they get too germophobic and they use all these cleaning stuff, sanitizer, all these on their kids, it's actually, it could be killing their healthy microbiome that can be good. So we also see like a huge increase in allergies and, and these in kids, and that's not very good. So germ and environmental toxins are, are very different. Yes, you should prevent some of the bad germs, but there are also good germs that you should pay attention off. But environmental toxins is just something that you should definitely avoid. Um, if you want to use a hand sanitizer on your kid or cleaning, you know, soaps or anything on your kids, make sure you choose a product that, that doesn't have these environmental toxins in them. Right. Well, and crazy enough, so parents are confused. They think hand sanitizer is going to get rid of the environmental toxins, which it's not. But some hand sanitizers have phthalates in them. And so then now we're rubbing these phthalates into our bloodstream. So do parabens and phthalates enter the bloodstream? Yes, they do. So they enter it through your skin a lot of time if you use these products or through diet, right? And then they do enter the bloodstream and then your, um, your liver is supposed to get rid of them and then you completely get rid of them in the urine. And, but there are also some that if you don't get rid of them, they get deposited in your fat cells. Oh, interesting. So they could, they could actually accumulate. And once they're in your uh, fat cells, then what? So once they're in your fat cells, then your fat cell many times actually makes some of the hormones. And this is where all the like disruption could happen. You just don't know what kind of uh, areas that these toxins will trigger. For some people, they could be triggering you know, fertility issues for some other people, it could trigger endometriosis. You just don't know, like for individual, their body, how these chemicals were triggered. What's the downstream impact? Right. And I was actually talking to a doctor who said so many Americans have high estrogen and he thinks it's due to all these endocrine disruptors. That's highly possible. We have also seen a decrease in testosterone uh, in men which is also linked to the decreased sperm count. And um, yes, environmental toxins do play a role. Okay, so let's simplify this for our listeners. So we've got parabens and phthalates in our beauty and hygiene products. So they're going to look at those and swap those out. In the cleaning supplies, so multi-purpose cleaners and laundry detergent and anything cleaning, we again have parabens and phthalates. And Mm -hmm. so we want to swap those out. In food, in the kitchen, I understand the pots and pans we maybe want to switch out for the nonstick. We want to not use plastic food storage containers. But in the kitchen, when we talk about food, what are people trying to swap out? Just the pesticides or are there other things as well? Uh, BPA is also another one because if you consume a lot of canned food, canned beans, uh, BPA are used to line the cans. So that's another culprit 
I would reduce canned food. Actually, not just canned food, it's also canned drinks. So many people don't think about the drinks often. You know, you pop in this bubble carbonated water from the can.、Uh, but we have seen if you if you don't drink regular water, if you drink a lot of these canned drinks, you would have higher BPA or BPS levels. And is there a way to check this? Like, how does someone go check their BPA levels or their phthalate levels? We provide a test.、Um, <laughs> so this was like a frustration I had my myself that I had a lot of fertility problem myself, and、uh, you know when I went to the doctor because I studied this and I wanted to check for the same reason that I couldn't get an answer to my fertility issues. So I wondered, okay, could environmental toxin be be the culprit? And when I went to the doctor, it was like, okay, the only test you could get is heavy metal. It was almost out of personal necessity that I, I created this so I can use it.、Um, so now we provide a test to allow people to check their exposures. You know, if you're already practicing everything right, you think you're doing everything right, taking the test will give you a sense of assurance. And if you're not doing everything right, I actually think the test is quite powerful because if you don't know, you, it's very hard to act on it. Uh, when you see that you have these exposure, when you actually see the numbers are being high, low, or medium, that you can do something about it. And what we provide is also not just the test. We want to provide actionable feedback to people. So we actually audit your lifestyle, audit all the products that you're you're using. We will report back not only the toxins that we're testing. But any other problematic ingredients in your personal care product, particularly those like petroleum-based、uh, ingredients, they have been shown having contamination issues、uh, or impurity issues. We'll also point out those to let you know. So next time when you when you purchase a new product or replenish your supply, you can buy a better product. That's so interesting. So tell my listeners, what does your test actually test for? So we test for thirteen、um, chemical metabolites.、So、we test for BPA, two of the BPA alternatives, BPS, BPF. We test for five phthalate、uh, metabolites that includes both、uh, high molecular weight phthalates and low molecular weight phthalates. So high molecular weight phthalates are usually in plasticizers, and then low are usually in personal care products. We test for four of the parabens. And we also test for oxybenzone. Oxybenzone is another hormone disrupting chemical that's killing the coral reefs. That's usually used as a UV blocker in in sunscreens. Right. So these are the things that we test. So I'm fascinated by this test. I really want to get it done. And I'm almost like, why don't all people who are struggling with infertility do this test to at least see if maybe that's one of their factors? I think everyone should get it. We're trying our best to bring down the cost of the testing,、um, so then everyone has can have access to it. We're also working on clinical trials. We're really hoping one day the test could be incorporated into routine clinical care, so insurance can reimburse it. Because right now insurance doesn't reimburse these tests.、Uh, your FSA, HSA, depending on insurance, they might reimburse it. But major、um, health insurance still don't reimburse it. But we think this should be something again, like the biannual dental checkup that people can check and you know keep your lifestyle and body burden on check. Right, that would be amazing if that happened. Tell my listeners what the name of this test is and where they can find it. 
So we are a million marker. People can go on to our website, www.millionmarker.com to find the test. Uh, we offer two options. One is uh, the one-time test option. One is the two-time test option. The two-time will allow you to see your pre-post exposures. If you want to get a baseline and uh, you make changes, you come back, get tested again you can actually see your, your level drops. And that's quite satisfying and is quite powerful. That's interesting. So can you use this test on children or adults? Right now we're offering to adults um, because uh, offering to kids is a bit tricky. Um, so if parents consent, sure, we can do that. But for now, we're mainly focusing on adults. And so is this like a test that is mailed to their house and they do it at home? Uh, it's a it's a mailing test, so people can order a test kit online. Uh, we ship it to you. Uh, you pee in a cup and then send it back to us. We do ask you to complete an exposure journal before you submit your samples. So then, the exposure journal allowing us to actually audit your assess your lifestyle and all your products. And I actually think this is it's a bit of work, but this is also people get the value out of this service that we provide. Um, because we actually spend quite a bit of time to actually looking at your product and doing the assessment so you don't have to do that work. Um, and then once we get the results, we pair with these uh, lifestyle audits that we did. Um, then we give you a report. So the report will detail uh, your levels, how you compare with our existing users, how you compare with the national average. And uh, we split down to your household, your environment, your lifestyle, your personal care products, and even your supplements and medications. Out of these categories, what you can do to improve and reduce uh, your exposures. That's amazing. I'm sure it's really eye-opening, though, for people to have to list everything that they've been using and, you know, just journal all of that. It is a bit of work. Um, if people choose not to do that, yeah, sure. If you want, just want to know your levels. Um, but if you choose to do that, I think this will give you a more comprehensive view of where your exposures are coming from. Now, can where you live play a part as to your exposure to these environmental toxins? Yes, probably not to the ones that we're testing. However, if you think about air pollution, so um, particular matter exposure, PM 2.5 exposure, have much to do with, with where you live. You know, if you live close to the freeway, oftentimes you would have high exposure uh, versus, you know, you living somewhere remote with a lot of greens. Uh, indoor air pollution is also another key uh, for people to think about. You know, a lot of people like candles. While candle is very romantic, it's very beautiful thing to have, but I would never recommend to use it too often. Even if you use good candle, you know, soy base that doesn't have all these toxic chemicals, but by burning candle, you're actually creating PM 2.5 at home. Uh, so I would uh, uh, limit that. Well, it's interesting. There was a study done by the EPA where they showed that the air inside people's homes were more polluted than some of the major cities because of using candles, plug-ins, laundry detergent, multi-purpose cleaners, you know, just this concoction of chemicals. Yes. Air refreshener is also a big one. We, we see people use air refresheners at home. Um, so these aerosol, you actually breathing. So not only toxic chemicals, a lot of these products actually contains another class called VOCs, volatile organic compounds. They're just as bad. Again, you're just giving yourself multiple of these toxic exposures. So I would also eliminate uh, air freshener 
uh, use, uh, just open, open your window. Right. Yeah. So we can actually eat the toxins. We can absorb the toxins through our skin and then we can also breathe the toxins. And so we need to be aware of all like three categories, food, beauty, hygiene products, and cleaning air freshener type things. So I appreciate you saying that. As we close up, do you have any other advice for anyone listening to this podcast? I think practicing healthy lifestyle is probably the most important and also watch out your stress. One thing we also want to tell people is, yes, it could become overwhelming that, you know, these toxins are everywhere. Yes, from the air we breathe, the product we use, the food we eat, everything you get exposed to. But we don't want people to be overwhelmed because once you're overwhelmed, you just don't do anything about it. Mm -hmm. But we want people to take simple steps. You don't have to change everything at once. You know, do one thing at a time. You're already reducing your exposures. Um, You might not see that right away, but I'm sure it's going to pay off in the long run. Oh, I love that you said that because that's my whole Instagram account. I'm always telling people like one little step at a change and all these little baby changes eventually add up to a whole new healthy way of living. And so I love that you said that. We also wanted people to spread the message because many people are not aware that they need to care about these things. So please tell your family and friends that they do need to care about these toxins and then reduce exposures. Yes, the more we educate, the better. And I think as we educate more, our dollars, we vote with our dollars. They'll speak volumes. And so if we start buying the Better Choice products, companies will start making more of the Better Choice products. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for being here on the show today. Tell my listeners where they can find you. Again, the test, things like that. Uh, people can find us on our website, uh, www.millionmarker.com. We're also pretty active on social. We're active on Instagram, Twitter. So please follow us. We do a lot of education. Uh, we're not here to push you to buy a test. We just want you to understand this information. So we do a lot of education through our social channels. Uh, we do product comparison. We're trying to make it easily digestible so people can understand, hey, You know, even if you're not using the perfect product by choosing something with lower toxin, better ingredient is better than, you know, the worst kind. Uh, So we do a lot of these educations. So follow us. Uh, We also have a a monthly newsletter. If you're interested in this topic, we want to bring you the latest research and all the things that we're doing um, to get the knowledge out to, to, to everyone. So, and we're happy to answer any questions. So uh, feel free to email us and contact us if you have any questions. Oh, I love that. And the more we educate, the better. And I'm actually really curious to have my levels tested. So I'm going to get one of your tests because I try to avoid all the parabens, phthalates, you know, BPA. So I'm like, I don't know. I'm just really curious to see how I would test. So I'm going to be ordering one of those. Thank you. Um, I always close my podcast with asking my guests what they have found to be the best ingredient to life. What would you say that is? I love this question. I think for me, I think health is probably the most important, both mental health and the physical health. I have been to a place that when I had bad health, there's nothing I can do about it. I, you know, I can't interact with my friends. I can't do the things I want. So I always felt health is probably the most important thing. Uh, ever in life, both physical and mental. 
with health, then, you know, you can create your community, you can interact with your family and friends, you can have a sense of purpose, which is work, your activities, which is also important ingredients in life. Um, and I guess last but not least, good food is, is always important. Right. I love that. Because without your health, really, how do you live your best life possible without good health? So I love that that's your best ingredient. Thank you so much for being here on the show today. I really appreciate you taking the time. And I know my listeners have learned so much from you. So thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening. Remember to subscribe to the Just Ingredients podcast to learn more about your health and good ingredients to life. Plus, get daily tips at just.ingredients on Instagram.